Hey, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of October 11th, 2010. I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We are the healthcare marketing agency that puts on the podcast. And I'm joined today by... Jackie Ritako, account coordinator with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. <laughs> Stumbled over my words there. You... <laughs> Account creative. How's it going, guys? <laughs> Good. Co-creative director. It's, pro- <laughs> it's probably in due in part to my uh, frustration with it being Columbus Day. I'm frustrated too by Columbus Day. I just thought about that like 15 minutes ago. Why are you frustrated? Well, I over I ran out to grab a bite to eat just a little while ago, just something quick, and my intention was to swing through the library on my way back to pick up a book, and ah. I get to the library and I'm greeted with a big. Microsoft Word formatted <laughs> clip art looking piece of crap that says they're not open on um, on uh, Columbus Day. So now I'm bitter about the discovery of this uh, great <laughs> land. <laughs> yeah, it is a weird way to celebrate the discovery of America by cutting off people's access to learning. <laughs> no kidding. I don't know. It's one of those weird, lame, kind of like... I suppose it has as many positives and negatives from a practical standpoint. If if I were to drive into the office today, uh, the commute would be way better because you, you lose 10 to 15% of the people on the roads because government's not. Ah, that's right. These days, maybe it's 20%. I don't know. Sure. Not to get political. But, uh, so, so that's good. You don't get any mail, which for most people is well, That's why I didn't good. have any. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, was gonna say, I also checked the mail and realized there was nothing. <laughs> Now, now I'm even more bitter. It even made, sure. me, it made me think of the Sopranos episode where the, the people in the Sopranos, Italians, of course, were protesting because there were protesters against Columbus Day, which there still are, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, because Columbus was not kind to the native folk when he arrived. Uh, now was, so then, what, not, not that we need to break into history, but is that true? I assume it's true. No. I assume it's yeah, true. Uh, and so then the Italian-Americans are mad because people are mad at Columbus, who was an Italian. So <laughs> it was a pretty funny episode. <laughs> but I, Which I think is also their legitimate um, grievances from a lot of Italians. I don't know how legitimate they really are. I mean, in the show, clearly you're talking about mobsters who you know, look like they have nothing better to do than just kind of stir the pot. So I don't, you know, I don't know how legit that that really is from Italian Americans or not, but anyway, yeah, that's what I thought of <laughs> when I thought of Columbus Day. So there you go. Nice. Okay, it feel you know we are remote on this podcast recording, and I feel like I've been remote for the past two weeks because <laughs> Jackie, you and I were in, in uh, Green Bay last week. Yes, Jeebs. For for three three days of the Whippermiss. Mm-hmm. Is that how, you, how they pronounce it? Whippermiss. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Whippermiss, yes, which is which is a variant in all the Mishmapurs, like Ishmapur and Kishmapur and and what are the other ones? I don't know because we have mission and that's just really easy. Ship, right. Chipmapur, chip, well, chip permiss. I think is the Carolina one. <laughs> anyway, uh, Whippermiss is Wisconsin Healthcare Public Relations and Marketing Society. So it's you know it's the shush <laughs> the shush the state level shushmid organization <laughs> whippermiss is the shushmid organization in wisconsin mm-hmm. anyway people really it was actually should, 
people really should know when not to turn something into an acronym and when <laughs> when to well what do you think is worse because i would imagine that that mission was a response to the ishmapers of the world by saying well we don't want something that's we don't want mishmaper we joked about that last time so we're going to come <laughs> up with a name that actually makes an acronym because there's no way that the development of the name mission was a coincidence oh look our acronym can actually be pronounced yeah but even i mean the acronym is a bit of a stretch yeah i suppose <laughs> but that's okay it sounds cool yeah it's mission? i mean at least it makes yeah. a word yeah. I mean, so props for that. It actually makes a real word that actually that does have a, um, a, a you know, a positive. A, yeah, a positive has meaning outside of um, being an acronym. True. Well, acronyms aside, <laughs> it was a great conference, wouldn't you say, Jackie? Didn't we have a really good time? I, yeah, I thought it was a really good time. They did a really good job putting it on. Yeah, so we were there uh, almost for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, though, Jackie, you experienced some. You're poor at car troubles. But that was on the way back. You had car troubles on the way back, didn't you? Yeah, I've just been struggling with my car, period. But, yeah, just on the way back. I blew a Warm tire. tire. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. But other but than that. But that was afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't, it didn't ding your brand of the Whipper Miss Conference. But no. <laughs> there, was, there was, I was there speaking, uh, but they had, they had really good speakers they brought in. They had an event um, Thursday night, which was the main night, where they... Uh, kind of celebrated people from the group who've met certain kind of accomplishments. And then they had their awards. And what was really cool, I thought, was they warned us of this. People got really dressed up, really treated it kind of like a a high-class deal, which I thought was pretty cool. It was, yeah. So you had people like all decked out in their fancy evening wear and gowns, and uh, all the guys were in suits and ties. It was was really cool. Kind of a big deal, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so we'll see if that's... I'm on my tour of the country of my Ishmaper, my Ishmaper tour. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see if it's that way. Uh, well, we know it's not going to be that way this week at Mission because they don't have an evening thing, but I'm going to be in Kentucky next week, so I'll, I'll report back from that, and then uh, the week after that is Nebraska. So we'll see if they're able to meet the Whippermiss level, <laughs> the bar, the Whippermiss bar. <laughs> Uh, one of the, th- one of the things I wanted to touch on real quick, there was obviously a lot of things that people talked about. I mean, we had mm-hmm. uh, good formal conversations after I spoke at two different sessions. So during those, there was good conversations, but then a lot of informal conversation kind of around the, the actual speaking slots. Right. Uh, and one of the themes that seemed to come up over and over, Jackie, and you were there for some of those conversations was, uh, the idea of the critical need for support from leadership, hospital leadership to do the marketing job right, which we touch on in our five truths. You know, one of our truths is great hospital marketing requires great leadership. And that Mm -hmm. means great CEOs and administrators, not marketing leaders. Though, of course you need that too. Right. Um, But there was a lot, there was on one hand, mostly it was frustration. So not surprising uh, frustration expressed by people with their leaders uh, examples being, you know, not really supporting new ideas, not being willing to uh, go down a different path or try something innovative, kind of saying, well, nobody else is doing this, so we're not going to do it, which, of course, is often the very reason to do something in marketing because right. nobody else is doing it. Uh, another was, you know, the leadership not really supporting you in your day-to-day battles to do the right thing. 
with marketing mm-hmm. and uh, when you're trying to communicate to others, service line directors or physicians about the right way to market a specific program or brand a program or something, uh, and they don't like what you say and they go above your head, uh, to have your leader kind of just acquiesce and say, well, give them what they want, has got to be so dispiriting yeah. uh, for folks. And we see it time and time again, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that was, that was a lot of what we talked about with folks, you know, but then there was, there was one positive comment that we heard, uh, that I heard from a marketer that I just thought was fantastic. And she was talking about her CEO and how much, uh, he really gives her leeway to do what she needs to do. Uh, and even is, is kind of pushing her to do more and go beyond. Uh, and she said that, uh, her CEO said to her and their ad agency, look, if you're not making me uncomfortable with some of your ideas that you're presenting, you're probably not doing your job right. Sure. I That's love that a great thing yeah. to hear. Yeah. Isn't that fantastic? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that before, Adam, from somebody, something like that? Yeah. Well, I think we've, <clears throat> I think we've heard that to an extent from a few clients. You know, I think uh, we might've heard it a little bit from St. Joe's when we did the, uh, the movie campaign, just because it was different. I mean, I can't. I don't think it was phrased exactly like that, but I remember it was something along those lines. But outside of that, no, I don't. I don't know that we've heard a whole lot of that directly. But I know that we've felt that way, even right. if we haven't explicitly said it. At least that's my feeling. Right. Especially not from right. CEOs. We, yeah. No, we we try to say that to clients. We try we mm-hmm. try to communicate that. Hey, that's part of who we are. We're going to probably make you uncomfortable with some of our ideas. We're probably going to push you farther than you've maybe been pushed with ideas or ask you to consider things that may seem different than what you're used to. But that's why you hire us. And, you know, we know that you can't always go down that path. Uh, but typically, you know, our marketing contacts, the people we work with day in, day out, are at least open to that, mm-hmm. you know, and they may be. Uh, under pressure from the organization, they can't always do what they'd like to do. But uh, I think it's pretty rare for a CEO to take that perspective. Or not rare, but uh, definitely worth celebrating. Let's put it that way. It's refreshing to hear, yeah. Yeah. So that so that was something positive regarding leadership. But there was there was a lot of other good stuff. I'm going to try to write a blog post about it, so we'll provide a link to that. But uh, just want to kind of touch on that. Jack, was there anything you took away from it that that was worth throwing out there? Well, no. I mean, just that we ended up kind of having a small group session after um, Chris ended up speaking on that Thursday. And yeah, that was basically that, that was basically what drove the conversation was just talking about leadership and the role that they played. So it was just really interesting to hear that these marketers kind of share their stories and everything. So yeah. yeah, yeah, and the trick is that's one of the you know the five truths that we talk about is probably the only one that marketers, uh, you know, it's not about the marketer, it's about the leader. But there is a lot that you can do as a marketer uh, to try to yeah. help your leadership along, to try to work with them to to allow you to do what you need to do. Uh, so so there is some things you can do, but it's a very frustrating dynamic. Yeah, definitely. So. So anyway, we'll keep we'll keep updating you on my travels and, and what I'm hearing and see if we hear some more of that in uh, Mission or Kishmapur or Kentucky. I think Nebraska's just that that that's Kishmapur. 
I think Nebraska is, doesn't have a MAPER in it. I think it's just the hospital association, but we'll keep you up to date. Cool. Now I want to move to something that, that kind of dawned on me last week as well. And it, it happened because I'm reading, uh, I read Harry Potter to my kids. I read the whole series to my son and now I'm going through and reading it to my daughters. Have you guys read any Harry Potter? I have not. I have not, but I've, it's, I, I enjoy fantasy fiction. I just had, I have not, um, jumped into that series i've seen the movies yeah and and some of the movies are good some are better than others the books are are really good and they i guess kind of like the movies they get better as they go along they get a little more adult uh less kind of little childlike but uh most people are familiar with you know the stories and the main characters and lord voldemort is of course the enemy right of harry potter Mm -hmm. and i'm coming to coming to determine that branding may be the lord voldemort of healthcare marketing because what's what's happened to me twice in the past, oh boy, let's just say month, is I've talked to two organizations about branding initiatives. And in each case, they were very enthusiastic about the initiative that we were discussing, but they were also pretty adamant that we did not use the word branding. Uh, and there were different reasons for that. Uh, in one case, it was kind of, look, we've been down this path before, uh, people feel a little burned by the topic of branding, even though that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think we should change the name of the engagement and uh, that kind of thing, just so we don't spur those emotions again. Uh, and then in another case, it was, you know, people don't really understand what you're talking about with branding. So maybe we should call it something else just so we can get past that hurdle. Uh, so, so branding has been, is kind of like, you know, the strategy that shall not be named. Because if you've, <laughs> if you've seen the movies, you've read the book, you know that people don't say Lord Voldemort because he's so evil and powerful <laughs> that they're afraid that if they even say his name, uh, I don't know, they feel like he's going to know it or he's going to come after them or something. And that's one thing that makes, of course, the hero Harry Potter uh, different is that he's, you know, he battles Lord Voldemort and he has no fear of him. Uh, well, he has fear of him, but he doesn't, you know, he realizes he has no choice. And so he just calls him Lord Voldemort and everybody freaks out. And that's what I felt like <laughs> when I say branding and people kind of go, ooh, no, don't say that word. <laughs> the strategy that shall not be named. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys have ever come across that before. That I, I honestly, as when I worked for, in a hospital marketing department, that was... Um, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say that was something I advocated for was being careful with how we spoke just because of the negativity around even the word marketing, I think in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, it was something that I was always, something I brought up frequently internally in meetings, at least within, within the marketing team, it, within the marketing team is how do we talk about this stuff? What language do we use? Um, are we, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot by re- fa- falling back onto some of these terms that people have been burnt by in the past? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I feel quite so much that way anymore. I just kind of, am, I mean, at this point, it's kind of like you can't, it is what it is. You should call it what it is because people, even if you're not calling it marketing, you're not calling it branding. People, if the people involved have been burnt by something in the past, they're going to see through whatever you're calling it now. And in fact, it could be even more offensive now because they're going to see that you're trying to sugarcoat it or trying to make it 
appear as if it's something that it's not or as you know it's gonna they're gonna see they're gonna see through it they're gonna know that you're doing it because of what's happened in the past so i don't know i'm i'm more of in the boat now to just say call it what it is yeah i guess i see both sides of it you know i part of it is kind of by not calling it what it is you give power to the dark side in this case the dark side is misunderstanding and fear so you know by dancing around the issue, you're just making it easier for people to qualify all of this. Uh, on the other hand, you know, we've just been up against enough of the dark side to know that if you, if you try to stand up and <laughs> fight the dark side, it's going <laughs> to cast a avocadaver spell on you and you're going to be dead. I mean, over time, you get beat down so much is what I'm trying to say that if you can at least get an initiative off the ground without people immediately before you've even engaged them having a negative perception, right. then I can kind of see why you would go at it. But it is what it is. You know, in Harry Potter, of course, it's an irrational fear. In Harry Potter, it's a, a fear of calling something by its name because you think it'll, you know, Lord Voldemort will appear. It's, it's completely irrational. In this case, I'm not sure it's irrational. I think people really do have negative perceptions of the word branding in many cases. And if you call it that in a, uh, an agenda, if you call it that in a kickoff email, uh, there'll be plenty of people that bring a lot of bags to the table that maybe they shouldn't. That's true. Uh, but at some point, if that's what it is, to your point, Adam, you got to call it what it is. You know, Otherwise, I, yeah, and I just... Making it worse. Yeah, and I'd take that another step further, to, to, which I think is unique in this industry, is that even beyond branding, I think the word marketing is a bit taboo or is a bit has, has negative connotations around it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, there's really no other industry that the product is, is life or death in many cases. Um, and people, I think there are a number of care providers, especially... Um, uh, people who have been in the industry for a long, long time, um, who just don't see the need to market a hospital. It's, it's more about service. It's more about providing care. It's, and it's not this. It's, 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 there's this feeling that the business side of it needs to be removed entirely, and you just need to focus on that element. Um, so I don't know. I mean, at least that's something that I've seen in my experience in the past. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. But then I think to your point again, Adam, I think it's, we need to have a, the, the, the issue isn't what you call it. The issue is, do you need it or not? And if somebody doesn't believe that you need to build your business, um, they may be right. There's not very many examples of where they're probably right, but, uh, they may be, you know, whatever the case is, you need to have a conversation about what it takes to, to keep the business afloat, to keep the organization moving forward. And like we've always said, even though these are nonprofit organizations, they need to take in more money than they spend. And so marketing is mm-hmm. a discipline that, that helps bring in the right patients, customers, whatever you want to call them, uh, that the organization is looking for. It's simply that's what it is. So um, it's, just a, it's just a tough one. I can see how people want to dance around it. And especially it's usually the folks that I've been talking with are, are much more experienced, much more savvy marketers that are just like, look, you know, let's, let's not lose the first battle before we fight it. Let's call it something else so that we can at least get these people engaged and then ease our way into it. And so I kind of get it, but it, it just dawned on me as I was reading Order of the Phoenix to my daughters. I'm like, hey, wait a second. This sounds familiar. <laughs> anyway, 
thought it was an interesting thing. Yeah. Okay. One more thing. It, 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 I don't know where to go with this. I, Adam, I'm going to have you set up what happened here, but it's so fascinating to me that once again we're in this place, uh, and it's regarding brouhaha controversy. Uh, I'm not even sure to what level of Gap. Gap, uh, the clothier, yeah. is that the right way to call it? Mm-hmm. The retailer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Changed its logo, and um, chaos ensued. So why don't you... St- Explain what happened, Adam. Well, that's, I mean, you pretty much just set it up. I could probably, there's probably not much more um, set up that, that I can provide beyond that. But uh, yeah, Gap, um, they decided they needed to rebrand, and, or at least from an, an identity standpoint, and they've got mm-hmm. a new uh, logo and a bit of a new, at least on their website, which I'm looking at right now, a bit of a different feel from what I would expect a Gap website to look like um, before. It's just a little more. I want to use the word obnoxious. I just felt like I felt I felt like Gap used to be a little more. Uh, you know, it was never like it was never Banana Republic branding, um, which is a little more cheek is the right word, um, and certainly not to the extent of Old Navy, where it's just a, a totally obnoxious. Um, but I don't know. Gap was always somewhere in between, and now it just feels like it's kind of gone a little more Old Navy. Um, but anyway, they came up with a new logo, and there was this immediate, as soon as they announced it, as soon as they rolled it out, there was immediate backlash from um, well, consumers in general, I guess. Probably probably a bit of the design community, too, critiquing it and not, not liking it. Um, so like we've seen a few times recently, and I'm trying to think of some of the other examples. Well, Tropicana, Tropicana was a good one. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they rolled out new packaging and instantly had some pretty negative backlash against it, and they reverted back to their old packaging. They kept a few of the elements of the new design, but they, for the most part, reverted to the old, to the old design. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gap, Gap hasn't gone so far as to revert, but what they have done instead is they're, they're like, well, okay, we've, we've, heard you, we've heard you, our customers, the, the general public that you hate, our new logo vehemently. So <laughs> we would, we, we are open to changing it and we would like to, we would like you because you're so brilliant. They didn't put it this way, but that's, I'm going to set it up this way because <laughs> you, because you people are so smart. We want to see your ideas. What do you think we should do? Um, what should our, what should our logo be? So you know, I believe they had, they hired an agency to come up with the new one they have now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're taking, instead of the agency route, they're taking this crowdsourcing route, and they're asking people to submit ideas. And there's a, there's a website that we'll put in the show notes um, that is compiling the ideas that have been submitted. And there's been hundreds and hundreds of them. Most of them are, are horrible. Some of them are not bad. Um, but yeah, so in, and this is really, that element alone now, this crowdsourcing component has really raised a, a stink in the design community oh, sure. mm-hmm. you know people who uh, feel their profession is being belittled and uh you know like i guess i was gonna say commoditized but even beyond that at this point it's like it's we we have so they feel that gap is looking at this and saying you know we put so little value in creating a, a logo or, or helping us in this end of our brand um that that we're just gonna we're gonna take willy nilly submissions. Um, there is a, a great uh, article or a blog post written by um, uh, it's from MuleDesign.com. I'm trying to remember the author, Mike Montiero, um, who responded kind of an open letter to Gap. Maybe that's not the right way to put it, but uh, 
Uh, we'll post this in the show notes too, but he just kind of went on to uh, say, you know, here, here's, here's how I would approach it as a professional designer. You know, I'd go through all these steps, this and this and this, and my background and my training, my experience, all of this that I put into it, you know, and that this, this costs money was his point, you know, and I'm not expect, I don't expect you to give me free pants. So why are you expecting <laughs> people to give you free, you know, work on this end? Um, so I don't know. It's an, it's an interesting discussion because I know that mm-hmm. we as an agency, I don't know, you know, I think our, our stance is that it's important to, when you're creating a brand, it's important to put that, that, that back, that effort into, you know, determining what kind of attributes you're trying to convey. Where is your company been? Where do you see your company going? All of, all right. of that, that research that goes into it, um, that we bring to the table. Uh, before creating this mark is is important if that's if that's if those are elements that you want to somehow try to bring out when you're rebranding or at least with your identity um, but at the same time we've also approached it from the standpoint that you know as an organization you put the meaning into your mark the mark doesn't put the meaning into you you know your mark could be a pink elephant and it which may mean nothing you know, right off the, off the bat, may, have, may not convey any of your traits, but eventually people are going to know if you're providing great service or a great product, people are going to relate that pink elephant to you and your product or service. And it's going to become, it's going to start to mean something over time. So on one hand, you know, it doesn't really doesn't matter where your mark comes from because eventually you're going to put meaning to it. But at the same time, you know, there is also value in putting that effort into figuring out what that mark is going to be. So I don't know. I can I can kind of see both. I can see both sides of the argument here. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the mark, Jackie? Yeah. What the heck? <sighs> well, it's 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 yeah. Well, it's 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 not. <sighs> I'd agree with Adam in that when I go to the website, it feels more. I mean, Gap owns Old Navy and Banana Republic, or they're all one right. and the same. But, right. um, but yeah, it just feels less high end or something. It it feels more. I agree with Adam. More Old Navy ish, which. I don't, know. I don't even think Old Navy is the right description. If you're talking about the design of their website, to me, Old Navy was, was I think you used the word cheeky or kitsch or campy. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what the gap was. The gap now looks like um, TJ Maxx. It looks yeah, like yeah, that's, something that's, good... that's based on price only, yeah. uh, really you know, kind of promotional in nature, almost no brand at all. Now, that's just their website, that, and that's not their logo, but... Uh, well, their yeah. logo kind of says that too, really. Yeah, kind of. They're does. using, I'm guess, and that's you know, it's a pretty simple, bold Helvetica typeface, and then this square in the corner. And the square <laughs> is is, I mean, Helvetica is a beautiful typeface. Don't get me wrong. So I won't. I'm not yep, definitely yep. not ripping them for that. Um, but the square that's overlapping the P, I really is can only work in a few situations. Once you start, once you start to st- shrink that down, or if you try to use it as a one color mark, you know that square is going to soak into the P, and you're not even going to know what the heck, or the P is going to soak into the square. Maybe that's a better way to put it. But even, um, go ahead. No, that's. I mean, it, it, it's it's a mark that doesn't lend itself very well to a number of applications. Um, so it's it's inter- it's interesting that they that they went with what they've got here. Well, even their the typeface they use on their navigation bars just looks like something I'd type up in Microsoft Word or something. I don't know. Like I'm just I'm kind of surprised that they're the route they went with their website overall. But I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and you know, if you remember the old Gap, which I saw the logo, I could see a company saying that Gap feels date or that logo feels dated, uh, meaning that it, it. I don't know if it had if it was serif or whatever, but it 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 almost feels like traditional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they wanted to update their image, they wanted to like convey that we're about you know newer fashions and forward thinking, all of that. I could see the need to update their logo. But if you know clearly that's not what this is, so I don't know if that's what they intended to do. I think what's interesting to me is, you know, you can debate each of the individual cases where this has happened. Tropicana, Gap. We had that one, the city of Philadelphia, that used the bell. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. But the but the idea that you know crowdsourced. Well, first you've got the crowd response that's driving. Uh, kind of this backlash and this, you know, these, these companies are having to respond. And it's interesting to me just because I'm trying to say whether that's a good or bad thing. I'm sure, Adam, you would jump in and say, oh, it's a good thing. A lot of people say it's a good thing. And I'm sure there are good things about it. Uh, but we all know, we've, we have all laughed at and complained about the knee-jerk reaction to any change right. Facebook makes, right? Facebook, right. you know, Makes one change to the designer homepage, and Adam, I think you put it best. Like, you know, all of a sudden there's a group that says, million people who will quit <laughs> Facebook if they don't turn it back every single time. Yeah. And a million people don't quit Facebook. They just move on. This, and, this, is, a, this is just like this, – this is exactly like what we advocate against no matter what it is. Every time we work on a significant project with a client, we make perfectly clear up front – that every stakeholder that's involved in this, in whatever it is we're doing, needs to be in, uh, involved in the process. They need, they can't, they can't be brought in at the last minute whenever, when all these decisions have been made, um, and then bring their two cents to the table if, without being privy to the conversations and the brainstorming and the ideation that led up to what that end result is. Um, so, like for example, let's say the CEO of a, of a hospital is not involved in your rebranding. Um, all the way up until the end, and you go and you present them with uh, him or her with a new logo, mm-hmm. a new identity system, all you know, new look and feel for all your collateral, and they're like, "This sucks. We're not doing this." But you just went through six months of developing that. And why do they react that way? They react that way cause because it's they change, right? Well, it's change. In the end, they were not involved in the process at all. Um, it's right. kind of like the the conf- all of a sudden. It's, I look at I look at this the same the, the same. All of a sudden, you've got this this party that wasn't involved, um, offering their two cents on it. Now, the difference here is that this party is the party that is supposed to respond. It, this is this is your customer, you know, right. it, which is different from the CEO, which is obviously still on the the, the business end of it. But it's it's yeah. still very similar <laughs> in, in, ways. in that these these are, you need to. You got. You still. You need to look back at the process that you went through to get to what that result is, and figure out. I mean, did you? Are you really losing all confidence in all the decisions you made up to this point? I mean, why did you make? How did you get here? How did you make these decisions? Why all of a sudden are you faltering and feeling this lack of confidence, and that you're caving to people? You know, to the to that feedback, yeah. especially when you need to give people time to let it soak in. Well. Go ahead, Jackie. Well, I was just I was just going to say that every time I see any sort of logo redesign or rebranding on a scale like with Gap or Tropicana, somebody's always raising a stink. I mean, granted, I don't think they I don't think this logo is fantastic by any means either, but I I rarely see cases where everyone's on board with it. And I think 
as the gap, you kind of like you were just talking about, Adam, you kind of just need to acknowledge the fact that you went through this process and you got to this point for a reason. And I mean, sometimes you need to take it with a grain and salt and move true. forward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or if at the end you look back and you're like, wow, you know, now that our customers are saying this, I'm looking at this with more of a critical eye and maybe we should have really paid more attention during the process or right. maybe, you know, there certainly is, you need to be open to evaluate your, your stuff at any point in time. Um, whether it's right. during the creation process or even after it's made, you need to continue. Always look at this stuff with a critical eye and listen to this to this feedback, no matter where it comes from. Well, that, with a qualification, I mean, this again. I think we talked about this with something else. I can't remember if it's the podcast or not. But the John Stewart and his um, what's his giant rally rally for to restore sanity. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he he's doing that, you know, tongue in cheek in response to Glenn Beck, in response to the Tea Party, in response to um, the insanity of, of people. You know, not that they're insane, not that the Tea Party's insane or Glenn Beck, but just the loud vocal minority that seems to always get the spotlight because they're loud. And mm -hmm. John Stewart says it best. He said, you know, you don't hear from most people on these things because we have shit to do. And it makes me think about that here too. I mean, not every designer, not the majority of designers, not even 80% of designers are up in arms on this. I'm not sure of that, but I'm pretty certain right. that there are probably a vocal minority that hate this caused a big stir in social media because the vocal minority own a lot of social media, uh, media channels like Twitter or dominate it. And now all of a sudden you've got uh, a response to a vocal minority. Right. Whereas, you know, the difference I guess is that now that can spread to the, the silent majority. And they're, you know, like me, I'm exposed to this now where I, before I wouldn't have given two cents. I would have gone, oh, that's not a very good logo. And then over time I wouldn't have cared because to Adam's point, it's about the brand experience you deliver that actually provides value to the logo, not vice versa. Mm -hmm. So it, it would have faded from memory and eventually I would have assigned the, the value to it that was appropriate Irregardless of the logo change, right? The the biggest, but, I think, I don't know. The main, the main thing that the main thing that they did that's raised, that's been raising a stink, is the crowdsourcing element, um, right? Aside, right. Aside which is from, different, right? Which is which is different, um, and that's that's the part where I'm kind of like, I could go either way on that one, really, because um, I mean, if you if you get a if you get a beautiful mark that suits your brand perfectly out of crowdsourcing, um, you know, yeah, it belittles professional designers to to a to the degree that there wasn't much thought put into it but that doesn't make it a crappy mark and it doesn't mean that right. it's a mark that can't stand for something and hey i mean that's going to certainly be a hell of a portfolio piece for whatever designer came up with it might be a student even all of a sudden you know i think the person who came up with the got milk campaign which is probably one of the most iconic cam marketing campaigns ever was a student if i if i recall correctly Right. Well, let's just let's let's leave it with this. And I want to build on what you just said, Adam. We tell our clients that all the time with something like a logo or a name. Uh, and, you know, we're we have design at the heart of our offering as an agency. Uh, it's but but we don't care where the name comes from. For example, if your sister's best friend, you know, his daughter's cousin says, hey, you should call your company, you know, General Motors. And you bring that to the table and say, hey, you know, what about this name? 
our job is to help you develop names if you don't have sources for it, and then to make sure that that name fits the qualification that you're looking for, which is that takes skill, that takes expertise, uh, that takes people that know how to go through the process that you've described, Adam. It doesn't really matter where it comes from, and maybe this will be belittling to designers. I may get a slew of you know emails saying, how dare you? But logos are not too far removed from that. Uh, you still have to find a logo that's available. You still have to find a logo that speaks to what it is you're trying to say. Uh, and again, if you've got a million people submitting logos, odds are there are a few in there that are going to meet the criteria. doesn't mean you don't need design experts to help you figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know if I'm alone in that, but I think that's the philosophy we, we give our clients. Because, hey, if you're in this business, you're working with physicians, uh, you should expect to get a few submissions, not just of names when it comes to identity development, <laughs> but of logos. And we've seen it. And, our, you know, we used to say, nope, we're the experts. How dare you? Uh, now we say, hey, throw it in the pile. And we're going to put it through the paces just like every other one we develop. And if it happens to make it through round one, round two, round three of how we've designed our process, then that's great. That's what you're hiring us for. Right. That doesn't make it a bad logo. Right. right. And the great thing about that is that in in pretty much every in every situation we've been in in which a physician um in particular had an idea for a mark and submitted it they were involved in the process of actually eliminating that as one of the options right because right. they they started to see that it just isn't it isn't holding its weight right as far right. you know when put up against other options and that's a fair way to deal with it. And they appreciate that. You're, you're giving them the opportunity, which is what they're asking for. And then there's a fair evaluation of all options. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, I mean, actually, we've, the feedback usually is, hey, you know, mine didn't get in there, but I'm really behind the one we picked. Imagine if we had said, no, we don't want any of your ideas. We're not going to take any right. outside ideas, only look at ours. Yeah, there might be a few that go through smoothly, but there'll be more that will we'll get a fight because we've been through that too. Uh, from the very people that are trying to submit their ideas because now now there's something personal in it and it's really hard to get past that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we are Wait. we are so far beyond <laughs> our... We could keep going. <laughs> we could. We could keep going. Good stuff, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good stuff on today's podcast, but we should probably shut her down, huh? I suppose. Uh, yeah, probably. All right. So for, he- for healthcare, for healthcare, for Ishma Per Bastards <laughs> podcast... <laughs> Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Ambassadors Podcast. This is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Ritacco. Adam Meyer. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>